We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet. So good to see you, my friends. How are you? Welcome back to another audio adventure here on Insight. I'm CVV, Chris Van Vliet. Thank you so much for being with us on this one. Fascinating conversation today as we sit down with Athena, who you'll know better from her time in WWE and NXT as Ember Moon. And this is her first interview since leaving WWE, so I'm honored that we were able to do this together. The headline said she was released by WWE last November, but this interview really tells the full story of her last few months there and everything that transpired. It's a really interesting listen. I encourage you to stick around all the way through this whole interview because she has a lot to say. And I'm so curious, so excited to see what's next for her and where she shows up on TV next. She's insanely talented. Take a screenshot. Let us know that you're listening to this episode. Let us know you're on this journey with us and tag us on social media so we can share it. She's at Athena Palmer underscore FG. That's on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Chris Van Vliet. And if this is your first episode that you've ever listened to of either Insight or it used to be called the Chris Van Vliet Show, if this is your first episode, I'd be so grateful if you click subscribe wherever you're listening right now. Big Ben L93 is our fan of the week. Thank you for leaving this review on Apple Podcasts. It says, best interviewer ever. I love watching your show every time it comes on. I think you're the best interviewer ever, and I enjoyed getting to meet you at the Squared Circle Expo too. Well, it was great meeting you as well. That was in Indianapolis about a week and a half ago. We're going to be in Baltimore in two weeks, so I hope to see everyone there. It's just exciting doing these events. And also it's exciting meeting people and then being able to like see the review just, you know, a few days later. So it's Celeb Fest 4 is uh, what we're going to be in Baltimore for. We will see you there on May 15th. But I read a review on every single episode. So if you want to be part of the show, if you want to shout out on the show, go into Apple Podcasts, leave a review. And really, that's it. That's it. If you're a Spotify listener, they've got ratings. So go in there and click the five stars and It'd be just so helpful if you could do that. All right, let's get into this. Such an incredible conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Athena, a.k.a. Ember Moon. What a streaming setup you have here. Look at this. (laughs) 
Yes, this is uh, my room. My husband made this for me. Uh, I came back from a weekend and all of this was done, painted black. And I was like, holy crap. Like it extends like all the way around the room. Oh, my God. What what a thoughtful present. He is like, I wish I could. Hold on. Let's see. You can. Nope. Nope. Hold on. Uh, Okay. It goes all the way around and then it gets messy over there. So we're not going to fix it. There's Pikachu. Yes, I am obsessed. I have lots of Pikachu. (laughs) I have a problem with Pikachu probably. Look at this. Oh, this is amazing. Yes. So my husband. What else are we seeing behind you here? Um, so uh oh, uh, this is Pumpkinhead. (laughs) Have you ever seen the movie Pumpkinhead? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh so during COVID, my husband introduced me to Pumpkinhead and I just fell in love and I was like, why have I never seen this movie before? (laughs) So that was my Christmas present. I have a whole bunch of like box art all the way around the room uh like i'm just a big nerd <laughs> I, I love that you embrace it i have to because i feel like for so long like it wasn't cool to be a nerd you know what i mean like and now it's super cool to be a nerd. now it's like hey i can talk about D- dungeons and dragons i almost said D. some people don't know about the D. uh dungeons well, now and dragons. you can shorten it for the rest of the interview <laughs> Yeah, I do. I do a little bit of everything. So it's 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 my jam. I just embrace being a nerd and just being chill and just I don't I don't know. I just do all of it. Damn it. What is the what's the nerdiest thing about you that we might not know? Um, I don't I don't know. Like I watch anime, but I feel like a lot of people know that about me. I do collect dice. Collect dice. Yes, I actually have like so. Hold on, hold on. I am. So dice. Oh, that's a lot. Nope, nope. This is just one out of many boxes that are actually in this room right now. Um, hold on. Uh, I'm trying not to spill everything. Dice. Oh my (laughs) gosh, what is it about dice? Uh, you know, sometimes they go to dice jail when they roll like all the wrong things. And then, you know, you just have to get more dice to just, you know, just bring it back up. Uh, so yeah, a whole room for just your dice. I do have a whole room for just my dice. I I wish I could show you maybe, maybe next time we'll give you a tour. Next time I'll just Um, come over. We'll do this in person. I have a whole room called the dungeon in my house where we just play board games and, D and like exploding You're in Orlando, right? No, I'm in Texas now. Oh. I've been in Texas for about three, four years. Where so, in yeah. Texas? Uh, Dallas. Oh, perfect. Yeah, just in the middle of everything. So my flights aren't too long. <laughs> yeah, I hate you're flying flights. American Airlines all the time, aren't you? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Got those, got those uh what do we call them? Uh points, miles. Yeah, the advantage miles. Yes. Yes. The I, advantage. I only know this because I I'm an American flyer as well and I oh. in DFW all the time. See, that's where everyone connects. Uh like so I actually see quite a few people so coming through DFW quite a bit. I'm like, ah, oh, hey, what's up? They're like, hey, it will go. And I'm like, but I'm nonstop everywhere, which is the best part about DFW. The so. funny thing about DFW and also like, I guess it's also a thing in Atlanta and in Las Vegas is you got to take a train to get to your your plane. It's so funny to me. So it's it's funny because like people are like DFW is so big. I'm like, it, it actually isn't if you don't fly American. Like, <laughs> American flies out of every terminal in DFW, but if you fly Delta, you're in one. If you fly United, you're in one. Like 
American, it's like, all right, I can park my car at A, but I'm coming in at D. So I got to, but I will say this Atlanta is my favorite airport bar none. Really? Yes. That is my favorite layover spot, uh, mostly because of all the options for food. They have a PF Chang's. Also, in Terminal A, they have a cake bar. It's called Piece of Cake. (laughs) That sounds incredible. You've never done this before. No, look, I just I just want to get in and out. Shame. Shame. <laughs> I just want to now I've uh I don't wanna I don't wanna brag here, but oh. uh, now I've got the Admirals Club membership. Yes, yeah, so it's like is- you get there and you're like, all right, take me to the nearest Admirals Club where I can get free food. Well, it's not really free because <laughs> yes, the yes, the boiled eggs in the morning <laughs> because nothing else is open and you're not standing at that obsessively long starbucks line <laughs> yeah and instead we're getting like what was it the other day i just flew back from indianapolis it was like lucky charms cinnamon toast crunch some like bagels mm-hmm. or uh like english muffins and oatmeal i'm like if i bought this outside of here it would cost me like 30 dollars for this but this is free look at it it's, it's just for well, me kind of free <laughs> kind what are you free. using this room for most of the time um, so I stream on Twitch uh, or for like interviews, meetings, stuff like that. Uh, but I'm a Twitch streamer, kind of. I don't if know. If I was having job. a meeting with you and this popped up, I'd be like, you're hired. I don't even know what we're talking about. But yes, it's happening. <laughs> no. So like I, I, I've used this for interviews and like this kind of started when we were doing Up, Up, Down, Down with WWE that I was like, I don't want a blank white wall because everyone had these cool backgrounds. I mean, <laughs> well, I, I'm not throwing shade but well, well we i gotta... just moved i just moved in with the girlfriend okay. and this is the background for now well, congratulations oh yeah that. thanks yeah but like everyone had these cool backgrounds and i was like i look just basic and i have all this stuff that i've collected over the years and my husband like consistently was like you need to fix this you need to fix this and i was like i'll get there eventually i'll i'll get there and he just did it for me that's that is so thoughtful it is i just came back after a week and i was like oh Oh Hell yeah. What's up? Had LED lights everywhere. So yeah. Tell tell me, when did you first meet Matthew and how did this happen? Um, I met Matt, oh my goodness, um, my second year in wrestling. And I, I tell this story quite a bit because I think it's really funny because I used to be just quite the asshole. Uh, because I was the only girl it for like 200 miles and i felt like i constantly just had something to prove we met at wrestling training to put a little context on this right um and i remember matt at that time we were around the same size height with all of that stuff and they would pair us together for drills and i remember lance hoyt uh or lance archer was coaching at that time and that's who we were training with and he was like all right you two we're gonna do this drill where you hit him three times and then he's gonna hit you three times and i remember being like okay i'm gonna show this new kid what's up being very new myself and i just blasted him on every shot and previous doing the shrill, like no one ever really hit me back or no one really gave it back to me. And I remember he was the first person that just like gave me the receipt, like <laughs> as hard as I hit him, he hit me back. And then he drop kicked me in my face, <laughs> like just in my face. I didn't turn my face, which is my fault. And I wasn't expecting it. He hit me in my face and I got up ready to throw a punch because I was like ready to go. And Lance was like, man, that was great. And I was like, oh, <laughs> uh yeah that's good good job uh, there you know it's so that's how we initially met so for like the first couple of years of me knowing him i hated his guts i no. hated his wow guts. how does this turn then um 
I think it was a couple of road trips we had, like, because in Texas, everything is so far away. We'd have like six hour road trips and like, it'd be like, all right, you drive this weekend. They're like, oh, well, Palmer's coming to the show. Why don't you ride with him? And I was like, because I drove a little uh, stick shift and I'm like, six hours in a stick shift is not fun. So I always would try to ride with someone else. So I rode with him and he had played like some sort of musical or something on the radio. And I was like, oh, I like musicals. And like, no one really knew that about me at the time. So I was just a big, tough uh, college soccer player at the time. And, you know, and we just started getting to know each other and we'd hang out like maybe like five or 10 minutes before the show. And then that turned into him introducing me to Moulin Rouge for the first time. And I was like, whoa, this is great. You know, and it just went forward from there. And then I remember uh, like the best thing was like, he was my knight in shining armor. And I don't tell this part um, too often, but I was wrestling on this show in Fort Worth and I was in this multi-man match with like three other guys. And this one guy was just an asshole and he clotheslined me so hard. I dislocated my shoulder. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And like, he was like, oh, she's a girl. Like he was actually saying out of the back, she's a girl. I have to make sure she's going to make my stuff look good. And he ended up dislocating my shoulder, which I've done gymnastics for years. And so these just go in and out period. That's just what they do now. Um, and they call it breaking. It's a certain technique to make you more flexible. So my shoulders will sift in and out like naturally now. Um, but anyway, my shoulder was just locked like forward and my friend like popped it back in place for me. And I was like, okay, I drive a stick ship. This is not working. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember Matt was on the show and he lived in Arlington at that time. And I lived all the way in Garland, which is probably about an hour and some change. Arlington is about 10 minutes away. And so the guy that I rode with was like, nope, sorry, I'm going to the club. And I was like, and Matt was like, well, I'll drive you home. And I was like, oh, okay so he drove me an hour out of his way home had his friend follow follow us as he drove my sick shift all the way home and uh, he goes hey would you like to come to my show tomorrow it's in austin i would like to invite you as my guest and i was like like shoulder just i'm in so much pain i'm like Whew. and i live with my parents at the time i was like i have to suck this up and like pretend like this doesn't exist when i walk through that door and i was like you know what yeah i'll go i'll go and so someone came and picked me up the next day because i couldn't drive and i was in a lot of pain <laughs> and so i go to this show in austin uh anarchy championship wrestling and he has a match versus masada <laughs> If you know anything about Masada, he is a very hardcore, very tough, hard hitting, amazing person, but hard hitting man. And so Matt does this. Um, he goes up for a frog, uh, frog splash in the corner and he points to me on the balcony and I swoon. And then he just gets demolished by Masada <laughs> like right after that. That was like. But that was cute. And so we started dating after that. Um, and it, it just turned into a whole thing. And, you know, Matt has been my biggest supporter throughout the years. Like, even before uh, I got signed to WWE, I was getting ready to quit. I was done. I had wrestled everyone I wanted to wrestle. I had done every match I had wanted to do. My last match that I had really wanted to do was the TLC match, uh, which I had just done with Tanaya at ECW Arena. I was like, you know, I think I'm ready to throw in the towel. Like, 10 years is a long time. I've done all these tryouts for Impact and WWE, and no one really wanted me. And he was like, you know, if that's what you want to do, 
that's fine, but I don't think you should. I think you mm. should give it one last go. And I was like, nah, it's nah, I'm done. I'm ready to conform to society. And we had like a solid desk job at that time, both of us. And it was like, nah, it's time to be an adult and merge into the world. And, you know, he was always like, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if you just tried one more time, you know? And then like, I ran into um, Paige who was like, hey, you really need to try out. Like, I will help you out the best I can. And Matt was like, see, see, she's saying it, you know, and she's, yeah. you know, like, and it was just, Matt has just always been there for me in my toughest of times. He's seen me come home just destroyed from like emotionally destroyed from like going to work, coming back from work, having the roughest of days and catering to not knowing what's going on. And like, he's been there at my happiest moments when I won the title, uh, like, uh, and I wish he could have been there for the tag title, but COVID times, you know, but like, he's just always there. He's the first one to check on me. And it's just, amazing to have someone like that in my life so yeah i'm getting all teary-eyed talking about it because i don't I write that. that's i don't get emotional story. too much yeah so if you were ready to throw in the towel and you know conform to you know quote unquote real life <laughs> what made you you know decide to go all right i'm gonna do this and not only do this like now you're you're still doing it yeah like it it i don't know like it was it was at that point like i said i had done everything that i wanted to do like I had wrestled everyone like we everyone has that bucket list of I would have wrestled this person, this person, this person. And I got through like all of that list and I was sitting here like everyone's just getting signed. I just I don't know what's next. I'm kind of, you know, and just having someone like that in your corner that's like, I know you're not done. I know you're not done. No, but it, but. You know, like I said, we had a really good paying job. We worked for citizenship and immigration at that time, helping process citizenship citizenship work processing the american dream as they say um as corny as that sounds but but yeah like i i was just kind of dying because i i don't know like i didn't ever really want to be like some of the other women wrestlers that were around that had never gone anywhere never made it anywhere and they were just like i love this so much that this is what i want to continue you know and i just didn't feel like i still had that same love at that time yeah i and like i was originally trained by skandar akbar and he was like the day that you stop having fun is the day that you need to quit and i wasn't having fun anymore it felt like work and it was just like okay i tried this and this and so nothing was new for me everything felt the same you go in you do your match you hop on the plane you leave and when i gotten signed and like honestly i did the last tryout thinking i was not going to get signed i was like we'll just do this last one we'll just go ahead get it done i'm not what they're looking for you know and i had so many people in my corner that like they signed me day two of the tryout and like of the i think it was three or four days and they were like you're fine you're gonna get signed and i was like i'm sorry so they what? like pull you aside and they say yep yep yeah and i remember um Taylor Hendricks actually wrote a really cool article about it because I genuinely and I feel bad, but I genuinely forgot that she was there for my last tryout and like 10 years of being told you're not pretty enough. You need to lose weight. You're just not what we're looking for. You're too buff. You're all, all of these comments that have been said over my multiple tryouts, you know, and then look, I finally got the yes. 
And like, it meant so much more to me that I wasn't going to be a diva, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It meant so much more because like, I'm not a diva. Like, do I like putting on makeup and looking pretty? Who doesn't? You know what I mean? But like, when it comes to my aesthetic and the fans that I cater to, I, I don't promote sexuality like that. I, I never have. And I don't think that I ever will like as, or at least right now, you know, those thirst trap photos on the internet are, uh, <laughs> you got to play into the algorithm. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. But I've just never been that type of person. Like, you know, look at, look at, look at all of this, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a nerd and that's just, you know, I, I don't know, but like it meant so much more to me that I did it on my merit and on my yeah. skill level than based on my appearance. Yeah. Well, and it's all like, this is the era for that, right? Like it's 20 years ago. There was, you were, you had to be fit into this one box and that was it. If you mm-hmm. were a female wrestler. Exactly. And, you know, and on some level as a kid, that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be, you know, I feel like I shouldn't say this, but like, you know, when you're a little girl and you're watching wrestling and you're seeing like, you know, the Hollies and Nydia and Jamie Noble and Ivory, right to censor Ivory and like Victoria and all these women. And they're like the couple of minutes that they did get in the ring, you were like, hell yeah. And then outside of the ring, you were like, holy smokes, they're fighting in bikinis and gravy. Who would have thought, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I remember when Lita came out with S.A. Rios did the moonsault and like every girl that was like still watching wrestling at that time was like pulling up their underwear <laughs> up here. Like, look, I got the Lita going on because that was the cool thing. You know what I mean? And like, I laugh at it now because I was like, I'm such a dork. <laughs> I was such a fangirl dork and like I don't know on some level that's who I wanted to be and I remember trying to walk in high heels to this day I cannot walk in high heels like it is it is a disaster zone like and you're you're actually how tall five one <laughs> I so wish, high heels you know make you uh quite a bit taller like like a normal person's height, five, five, probably, but I, I just can't do it. It's not in my gene aesthetic to be like, Hey, you and high heels are going to go together. No, it's been a brutal fight for over a decade. <laughs> I'm like, come on, just, just work with me. You'll have so, to be on for five minutes. <laughs> so if you're on the indies and it was starting to feel like you, you weren't loving it, you weren't having fun anymore. Do you feel like in a way it became full circle after you get signed that there was a point where you're like, this isn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. Ooh, oh, yes. And I, mm, okay, we're going to talk about it. I, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like I need to talk about it just to get it off my chest and to get it out there in the universe because my last four months was just one of those moments that I wasn't having fun anymore. And it started with Shotzi being gone and Shotzi being drafted. And I remember like thinking like I was sitting at home and I got a phone call saying, Hey, we don't want you to be upset. Uh, but Shotzi just got moved to SmackDown and she's debuting with Tegan Knox as a tag team. And I just was sitting there and I was like, I was playing D and D the most, the most beautiful day of my week. And I'm getting this phone call about how Shotzi's been drafted. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so happy for her. And then like the tag team thing popped out and I was like, but we're the tag team and we have merch and we're doing fun things. And we had just finally gotten into our groove of the banter. And it was just like, but they're like, don't worry, we have stuff for you. And I was like, okay, 
cool cool and i remember like going to hunter and hunter was just like i have no clue what's happening we'll figure it out together and like that was like so much of what i needed at that time because no one really knew what was happening mm-hmm. you know bailey had gotten injured and they uh i know shotzi and tegan were going to do dark matches for a tryout anyway you know and they were like well we already had these girls here let's throw them out there but the problem i had was kind of like some of the newer writers were like coming from raw coming from smackdown we had no idea you and shotzi were a tag team and like just sitting there and just a lot of wwe backstage is having to play the game Mm. of like oh yeah man it's cool we get it we're down here at nxt it wasn't like we weren't front page of dot com or anything when we won the titles but that's fine yes you mm -hmm. and you're just having to uh i guess eat the shit sandwich and smile at shit in your teeth a lot of the times because it's all about not making waves and it's just like okay yeah it's fine cool yeah i bet you didn't know we were a tag team look at shop look at this you know and it's just like okay cool and it was like you know me and hunter and uh, the head writer at the time we had all came up with we're gonna do a heel turn for me because that's something new that's something different and during this process we wanted to do like a losing streak or at least that was my thought is let me do the losing streak i see all these new faces coming through here my part of my job at nxt was to help new talent on tv you know which i which i get that you know i've been around for a very long time or like and i've been doing this what like 16 17 years at this point in time you know and it was like you know and i and i love this business so much that I didn't mind i was like hey let me go on a losing streak let me get super frustrated and let me turn right yeah and i remember okay this is a great idea we got abcdf we're gonna do your first feud with this person or this person and then the first match happens and then i'm off tv for four weeks and then i'm like okay they're like don't worry we got this we got this then like hunter disappeared (laughs) and then i was supposed to do a match with uh saray and i ended up getting a rash on my arm and i had an allergic reaction to something that they thought was something else so they pulled me from the match and i was like okay cool whatever that's fine all right we're gonna keep trucking they're like hey we'll do this match next week and then another three weeks later they're like hey we're gonna do this match that match gets pulled from tv and then you know one of the head coaches goes hey will you do me a favor and work 205 live with Cora Jade. We really like her. She's a sweet girl. We really think this would be a fun match. You two are in the main event of 205. And I was like, okay, cool. That sounds great. Like, I'm never going to say no to having a match on TV, regardless of where it's airing or whatever, like that. And me and Cora go out there and we have just a fun banger of a match. And they're like, yeah, you got, and they go, you're turning in this match, but we want to make it subtle. Right. So they kind of turn me, <laughs> but they don't. And then there was like a lot of, I don't know confusion on what was supposed to happen and then some kind of way i remember going online to be like did did ember turn heel did she and like that i was like i don't know if i turned heel or not you know and then off tv for three weeks and i have the match with mandy and they're like we're we're finally pulling the trigger on this and i get a note that week saying hey in two weeks we need you to dye your hair fire colored again uh we need you to get the red contacts you're going back to the old Ember Moon character. That's just, this is per Vince. 
and we want you to you're going to turn heel but you're going to turn heel as your old character we're trying to get the old music and all that stuff together and i was like all right great this is great so i go home get my bottle of whiskey i'm dying this hair because i have to hand dye that myself it takes an astronomical amount of time you do it all yourself Yes, I dye my uh, hair extensions. That fire-colored ombre takes a minimum of eight hours. <laughs> oh my it is it is extremely tedious, and like mind you, during COVID, my dye supplier actually shut down, so I'm having to find different colors, and I'm spending a fortune on this hair. And two weeks later, I show up to TV. I'm I'm like super motivated. I'm happy, and I'm like, okay, it's finally looking up for me. You know, just wait it out. Just wait it out. And I remember um, Ryan Katz and I went and filmed like a kind of demo of kind of the vibe that I wanted. And I was yeah. like, and he's like, this could be awesome. Da, da, da. Come back. I, I get the video ready. I'm ready to show everyone after TVs. And they go, hey, we got some bad news. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? I just, I got this video. No, um, Vince is pulling you off TV indefinitely. What? And I just kind of sat there and I was just like, what did I do wrong? Mm. And he's like, you did nothing wrong. And I was like, I've done everything that you guys have asked me. I have gone over and above. Like, I can't express to you. Like when they put me and Shotzi in a tag team, everyone knows everyone backstage knew, like, I'm not a tag team person. I hate tag teams because there's just too many moving parts. And it's not that I hate tag team wrestling. It's just that it requires so much more to give versus relying just on yourself for that you have yeah. to rely on like three other people in the ring to make sure everything's on point which is fun and i feel like me and shotzi capitalized on it and we were just so motivated within that tag team to build a division and then we weren't able to um but like me showing up to that tvs and it's like 2 a.m and i just remember sitting there and i was like i've done everything you guys have asked me to i've done over and beyond i've branched out i've sorry i'm getting emotional about it huh i'm trying not to but when i understand you, like this is the dream job especially yeah, like someone who's a wrestling fan like mm -hmm. lifelong wrestling fan and when you uh when you care about something and you care about this business so much more not just for yourself but for everyone involved yeah. it hurts so much more because for so many years I've been not about myself, if that makes sense. I've been for the match, for the other people. And to be told that I have done nothing wrong and I was taken off TV for doing absolutely yeah. nothing wrong, it hurt so bad because I was so happy walking into work. And I remember when Shotzi left, I remember going to my makeup artist and going, I'm so unhappy. I'm so unhappy and we'd have to sit through stupid meetings about how we would have to dress sexy. And I remember looking at someone, I was like, I cater to children. <laughs> I am not about to wear fishnet booty, butt cheek shorts because we had a two hour meeting about how to dress like Mandy Rose. That's not fair. Not everyone is going to be Mandy. Mandy is absolutely phenomenal and she is an amazing person, but not everyone is Mandy Rose. And that's like, I, I started seeing this downslope as soon as Hunter was gone. And like for the first little bit, we didn't know why he was gone. We just knew he wasn't there, you know? And so it became this, like, I got so angry and 
I remember sitting there and I was like, I did nothing wrong. I didn't piss off fence. I didn't. I said, you take shots away from me. Now Hunter's gone, you know? And I said, like, you guys promised me this wouldn't happen. You guys promised I wouldn't be lost in the shuffle. And I said, I went on this losing streak to help you guys out, to help build other talent so I could get a reward. And they were like, well, don't, not everything's lost, Timber. You know, we still want you to come and help out the next generation, maybe teach a class, uh, maybe, you know, do some PC lives, which is the student show in front of no fans. And I'm just like, so you're taking me off TV and you're trying to make me a coach. (laughs) And I just remember like laughing and I was like, you know what? I said, if I've done nothing wrong, I said, you can cancel all my flights. I said, I'm not coming to help these people that do not care about what I do. They only care about the paycheck that hits their bank account. They're not passionate like me. I'm not going to come up here and help these people that don't care about what we do when there's no benefit for me. When I've done nothing wrong, when I've given you my entire right side of my body, (laughs) between my elbow surgery and my Achilles surgery, I've given you this entire side for, for no reward, not even a thank you. And like, you want me to coach, you want to take me on TV to come coach. And I just, I remember just like sitting there a moment and I got teary. I just like that. And he's like, are you okay? I go, no, I'm not okay. I said, this is what you can do. I said, I'm not coming up here to coach. I said, I'm not coming up here to do your PC shows. I said, I was supposed to come to NXT to repackage and then go back up to main roster. That was supposed to be within the year, but yet I'm still here. You took Shotzi away from me. I said, I have nothing to go off of. I said, so I'm going home. I said, cancel all my flights, cancel all my hotels. I said, if you have a flight there and you have no creative for me, I'm not getting on the flight. I said, I'm not doing this anymore because I am going to snap. And it's either going to be on you or it's going to be on a talent. So I am going to go home. And I said, you leave me there till you have something for me. And I said, and even then I said, I need to approve the creative before I hop on the flight. And it's the first time I've ever pulled this card. And I remember thinking, I think I just quit. <laughs> the entire time I was like, oh, buddy, for three months, you've been saying like, yeah, I think I'm going to quit today. Yeah, I'm going to quit today. And then I actually did, I think. And I remember just kind of getting real small and quiet and like, I was yelling, I was yelling because I was so angry. And I remember one of my last promos that I ever cut on the Indies just kind of flashed in my head is that like, well, you know, I hope I don't come back here, but if I do, we all know it's because of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember that flashing in my head and I just kind of laughed to myself and I was kind of crying and I had gotten a couple of, I, I, the worst part about this is that on some level, I knew that I was leaving. I had already gone and bought an extra bag and kept it in the locker room so I could pack all my stuff and leave. Like it had been there for like a month and I was just like, I'm so unhappy. Huh. Like, I I see where this is going between the booty butt cheek shorts meeting and like them telling girls to alter their gear to make it more revealing. And some people were very uncomfortable with that. And they were like, nope, this is what they want. You got to do it. It didn't matter how that person felt. And I was like, this isn't what I signed up for anymore. This isn't about the wrestling. This isn't about 
the art that we create in the ring, this is turning into everything that I left on Raw and SmackDown. Mm -hmm. You could just see it. The pity parties started forming in the locker rooms and the jealousy and the cattiness. Well, why is this person on TV? And why is she can't do this? And da da da. And I just was sitting there and I was just like, I'm an adult. I can't deal with this high school bullshit. And I'd be like, guys, it's okay. You know, and I'd be that locker room leader because if I didn't, it would just go into the negative zone and no one would be able to have any type of positivity and everyone would hate the job that we have all worked so hard to be at, you know? So when you tell them this, you tell them that you, you know, I'm not coming back, cancel my flights. What's the reaction? They, I think he was taken aback at first. He was like, Oh, Oh, Oh. And then he was like, yeah, yeah. We'll take you off the PC shows. We'll just give you a week. And I go, no, (laughs) No, I'm not coming back to you have some TV. You said indefinitely, right? So I will sit at home. And like at this time, you know, I had already chosen not to resign. Um, so there were a lot of factors that I kind of knew that my release was coming. And when was your contract up? Uh, my contract was up in April. Uh, they had offered me a ton of money to stay at one point in time. And I was just like, it was life changing like money. And I was just like, like wow, we're talking double, triple what you're making. Um, probably five times what I was currently making wow. at that time. And I was just like, this is, this is life changing money, but like sometimes the money can't buy happiness. And I know some people are going to call me stupid for that. And I was just like, I couldn't believe the money that they were offering me because I was so unhappy, but I was just like, no, like some things you don't do for money, some things you do for the passion and the love of what we do. And I wasn't getting the love for this. It it became like a, like my nine to five job that I worked before I got signed where I was just like, I hate everyone here. Hi, I like you. I like you. I like you. Fuck everyone else. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to be home. And like for what we do, Every day we go out there and we risk our lives and no day is the same. Why am I feeling this way? And yeah. I just remember like when, when that last conversation happened, I remember just kind of looking over this guy's shoulder that I was talking to and John Lauren, I just was just in the corner. I was like, what you going to like, I was so gone. I was like, what, what you want to say something like, <laughs> But I grabbed my stuff, I hopped back on the flight, and I remember just like, there was the front desk lady who is just an amazing person. And like, she goes, are you okay? And I go, I think I just quit. And I'm not certain. She goes, well, what did you say? And so I tell her everything that happened. She goes, yeah, I think you just quit. And I was was like, huh. And so I hugged her and I said, I think this is going to be the last time I see you. And I just want to say thank you for everything, for being a mom to me here. And, you know, and I still talk to her to this day, you know, and I still talk to a lot of people to this day, but I just needed to be happy. Yeah. And and I mean, this is a very interesting story about like how it's not about the money. It's about like what's in here and like what makes you feel good every day. Yeah. And like when I go and I'm able to perform like on the indies versus WWE, WWE, it's a business, right? It's corporate. And like television show, it's a television show. And like there's credits and I'm not actually like a crazy lady that yells that might be a werewolf or a vampire. We'll never fucking know. Um, but like, <laughs> we're, but like, 
it's 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 funny because like the pressure is on for perfection and they demand that of you and if you can't deliver perfection if you have one mistake especially as a woman you'll end up in catering Mm. you won't be in catering like there are certain people that can make so many different mistakes and they're fine but like people like me you make one mistake you're in catering so if your contract was up that means you're free you don't have the 30 days or 90 days so they ended up releasing me three weeks later which was kind of a swerve in a aspect of things because i had gotten a call from creative the same day within like the same hour it was like hey yeah we want to talk to you about some stuff and i was like and like as i'm on uh like text uh with this particular person he's like i got some ideas i saw the video blah 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 yeah and i'm like oh hold on i think i'm getting fired <laughs> <laughs> and he was like what and so I'm on the, like, I'm playing Far Cry 6, which shout out, that was an awesome game. I love that every story revolves around whatever game you're playing. So I was so deep into Far Cry 6. I, I was in the final level. I've tried to sneak in the mansion. I'm multitasking. I've done this level like 30 effing times, still can't pass it. I'm texting the writers and I'm like, oh, this is a cool idea, blah, blah, blah. John Laurinaitis calls and he's like, hey, and I'm like, yep. Here it is. And I remember my husband walked by and he goes, ah, yes, here it is. I go, yep, get the whiskey ready. And he's like pouring shots in the background. And I go, hello. And he goes, hey, uh, sorry. Hey, uh, Ember, uh, this is John Laurinaitis. Afraid uh, I got some bad news. I go, I'm fired. He goes, well, we like to say release. And I go, okay, cool. Uh, he's like, do you have any questions? I go, nope, not a single one. Now going full circle of seeing that wrestling movement come through us having these banger ass matches and Triple H believing in the women's wrestling for what it was, which was wrestling to take the women's out of it. It was wrestling yeah. and us being given the platform to go out there and kill it every friend, every, every show. Sorry. And then like seeing the transformation once hunter was gone seeing the meetings of what you need to wear how you need to act and like mama was done when they said hey guys you know this is how you should look when you go to the grocery store and i was like oh so how do fishnet booty butt cheek shorts factor in to walmart we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Where did this shift happen? Because you were so over in NXT. So it was, it was literally Shotzi left. And then they kind of, there was this weird period because a whole bunch of people got drafted and they weren't expecting them to be drafted, I think then. So there was this whole shift. But when Hunter was gone and out of the picture, that's when all this started. Mm. That's when the even, shift- I feel like even like in NXT, you're red hot. And then I mm-hmm. feel like you go to the main roster and like this always seems to happen where you kind of lose some of the momentum that you have. And I think it's because it's a whole different staff. Like I, I will attest to that. It's a whole different staff. You're having to learn who the writers are for you. You're ha- the writers are having to learn to who you are because no one knows who you are. And they very much so make you feel that way. And they very much so tell you that. Like when I remember when I debuted on Raw after Mania, they were like, all right, they might not pop, kid. <laughs> they might not know who you are. Just don't. Don't take offense to it. And I was like, what? I just was. And yeah. so your heart is sinking, right? But it, I think it's because there's so many people backstage at Raw and SmackDown within that writing set that don't really know who you are. They know, oh, you were on TakeOver, but they don't know you as a character. They don't know you as a person. And it's kind of starting all over again when you get to Raw and SmackDown. And I think that that's why so many people struggle in that transition like because one they might see you and they're like okay wow yeah you're not this warrior vampire thing you're just a straight baby face smile cheese like hug and kiss babies or they could be like hey we're gonna make you into um i don't i don't know like the carrying cross stuff like where he already had this rock star assassin killer vibe and then they're like you're gonna be a gladiator and you're like what huh Huh? he still talks about how terrible that helmet was i i at one point in time just was like "Mm." or you could be like retribution who was not told who they were until they unmasked Look, we could go down the list of all the people. I, mean, like, I think Keith Lee's another example. Yeah, like I, I feel like on some level they need to have the right some form of writing staff that crosses over both ways. And and I think it. And look, this is me from the outside looking in, but it feels like if you're on Raw, like Raw is the priority, and that's what you watch, and that's what you work on. And like, mm-hmm. why would you bother watching SmackDown or NXT so, because this is the show you're on as a talent? it was immensely hard to watch any other show than the one you were on because like, so if you're on raw, you're doing live events during Fridays, which means you can't watch SmackDown, mm-hmm. right? You're not going to see NXT cause that's a travel day for you. You know what I mean? You're certainly so, not watching it live. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and by the time you're able to sit down and watch it, sleep is more of a priority than watching wrestling because you've yeah. been surrounded by wrestling for the past, like, I don't know, five, six days at that point in time. And not we also live in a time where you could just catch up on all the clips on social media too. Which is what I was doing. Like that's the only reason I could just like focus and like I always talk about like being able to enjoy wrestling as a fan versus being a worker, if you will, 
I can say wrestling again and it's fucking amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but like watching wrestling as a fan is very important to me because of how I started wrestling, right? Yeah. Because I was bullied and I just I just fell in love with all the different characters and people being able to defend their ideals and beliefs and fight for what they believe in, right? So I, on some level, have to watch wrestling as a fan. Not only that now, but because so many of my friends are on TV that like, I want to be the person that supports them, despite my personal feelings, despite the fact, and like, honestly, it's not even that personal, it's business at this point in time. Like, because if you have someone that's not wanting to work anymore, let him go right like i i get that like and i am more lucky than and more fortunate than some of my other friends that are not able to get out of their contracts and stuff yeah. like that as well but well, i have crazy to-, to me by the way like someone doesn't want to be there oh sorry you got to stay here anyway well i think they're afraid of the talent that they possess and they can take elsewhere yeah. And perhaps that's why you were offered such a pay raise because they're like, you know, at that point in time, a lot of people were jumping ship. Yeah. And it was, it was literally up until maybe I want to say August, September, like July, August, they were still trying. And I was just like, and I remember telling them, it's like, look, I would love to sit here and take their money, take your money, but you haven't given me a reason to stay. And I remember that being my point of dispute with them. And it was just like, I want to stay. I want you to make me stay. But I just, I I was seeing everything that was going on at AEW. And I was like, that looks fun. That looks like what I thought I was going to do. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I was like, hold on. I, hold and like, you know, and for a while, like we couldn't even talk about it backstage because they were like, oh, you shouldn't be watching the competitor. And I'm like, how do you expect us to outshine them? How do you expect it? <laughs> but like it was, it was, it was different because I wasn't watching for film. I was watching because I was like envious of what was happening there. And I remember like I would text um Dustin from time to time on occasion. And, and the only thing he would respond back is it'd be like, Hey Dustin, how are you? He goes, We sure are having fun over here. <laughs> and I'm like, I see that you're having fun, Dustin. Mm-hmm. How are you? How's life? Don't rub it in, you know? And it, it like Dustin was one of those people that like when I was on Raw and SmackDown and still trying to figure out my identity within that new roster that I was being jumped into, um, he was the only one that would sit there and he would give me character advice on like, yeah, you need to do this. You need to do that. Fuck what they say. You need to do this, this, this. And like, that's fucking gold dust, bro. That's the yeah. ultimate character. My man survived throughout everything. And he's like, <laughs> and like on some level, I was like, it's fucking gold dust. Take it. And like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just like, he took such an interest in my character work where no one else would. Yeah. And so like, it, it was, you know, I saw him and then like my friend Leva is like, I'm just having a great time over here. And then like, just seeing, genuinely how happy everyone was well look you're free now to go wherever you want to go and like well you know that's up to them technically you know sure and like it takes two to (laughs) tank i i think i've been very open on you know just being like hey whoever offers let's do it you know because like i just want to wrestle and have fun you know and i think i've done a good chunk of that since i've been back on the indie well for sure what do you think you can do now as athena that you couldn't do as ember um i have 
more knowledge now. And that's the one thing I am super thankful for being able to work under Hunter, Sean, uh, Matt Bloom, Sarah Amato, Norman Smiley, Robbie Brookside, like there's so much knowledge. Mm. Terry Taylor, like I have to say Terry, cause I've said he's right too many times for me not to say his name. Um, but there's so much knowledge within the performance center that I wish I would have gotten on the Indies because I traveled around the world to try to get that knowledge, but it was just all in one place, you know, Mm -hmm. and being able to manipulate a crowd, being able to do crowd work within the match pacing. Those are things that I think that set me over the edge now, along with being athena and being ember moon i guess are two different people for me because ember is very calculated and cold and very methodical where athena is just basically like fuck it i'm the woman of a thousand moves come through and see me you know athena is all attitude like but being able to bring that knowledge and intensity back with me along with the crowd work which i really feel like i was struggling with when i was on the indies is like invaluable yeah, every time I see someone who has been in WWE on back on the indies for the first time, their crowd work is always so good. And that's not to take away from the other people that are on the card, but it's just mm-hmm. you can tell it's next level. Yeah, and I and I feel like without WWE I wouldn't have had that. Like I maybe would have paused here and there, but like it's it's learning how to build a match based around your crowd reactions is different than just building a match right because you can still do all the crazy stuff but if you get no pop what 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 you're just like what why cheer i just i just killed this man right but like if you know how to build it properly and escalate your spots which is where i feel like a lot of independent talent like they blow their load too soon and then they end in a roll-up you know like then there's nothing wrong with that y'all but you have to build it correctly to end in that roll-up yeah This, there's this clip going viral over the last <laughs> few weeks of this match with you and Taya, where you've set up, is it 20 chairs that you set up? Mm-hmm. for? So let me explain this for anyone who hasn't seen it. It's a superplex to the outside yep. through like 20 something chairs. I don't know. Did you count? You know how many there are? There are 20. There were supposed to be 21, but I couldn't find the last chair. So, uh... <laughs> and I saw these comments, like, how do you even set that up? Like, cause we're only seeing the clip as it happens. So Walk us through what's, first of all, what this match is about and walk us through to that spot. So, um, uh, I'll, I'll tell you about the match. Uh, so basically prestige, uh, wrestling, which is like in, insane. And I'm just so thankful for them to be honest with you. They, they contacted me. They said, Hey, cause I had a booking that got canceled and they were like, Hey, do you want to come do a run in on Taya Valkyrie? And I was like, uh, go on. <laughs> you know, because like you don't normally get booked on the indies to do a run in. And they were like, Yeah, we got this big show. We want you to come just come run in, beat her up, and then say, Hey, I'm here at Prestige and leave. And I was like, Okay, cool. So I get there and they they hand me a Rey Mysterio mask and they're like, Can you wear this? And I was like, Yes, right. So like I come in, I do the spot, I put her through the table or the door, if you will. Um, and I remember like being like, Okay here we go and i remember taking off the match uh the mask and like the crowd freaking erupted to the point where i was like like teary-eyed i was like you remember me (laughs) you know and so like and it was just like in the and that went viral like that went viral worldwide that i appeared at this company and so he was like 
screw it. We're going to announce the match. Like, I don't even think we had actually physically booked the date yet. And he was like, main event next show, Taya Valkyrie versus Athena. And like the crowd just like lost it. Like I said, it trended worldwide and it was just like, holy crap. I didn't realize that like two people that had had a lot of shortcomings within WWE could get such uh, massive, I guess, um, support from the fan base around the world like mm-hmm. especially on the indies i feel like that's a rarity yeah. unless you're like live on blah 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 network or there's a lot of y'all out there now forgive me but like you know i just i just didn't think that that was going to be the reaction like it went viral at the end appears here blah 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 and so like because i put her through a table it was like okay well, we can't just go have a normal match. I put her through a door. And so I, I start kind of thinking, and I used to do the spot all the time on the indies with the chairs. And so it's a 20 chair spot. Mind you, when you have shorter people, you don't have to use 20 chairs, but Taya is taller. So you have to make sure that there's enough chair for her to land on. Um, so she builds the first half. I come in, I build the last half. And mind you, the chairs are so far under the ring that it took like maybe a good five to 10 for me to build this bad boy. And like, so I'm going over hitting her with stuff. I'm like, I'm so sorry. And I'm missing a chair too. So that makes the build even longer. Cause I'm like, everything has to be perfect. And I'm like doing, there's clips of me like, like teasing like gotta get the right angle on this and like finally the crowd gets into it and they're like one more chair so we we get this built but it's a spot i used to do all the time on the indies right and like anyone that knows anything about athena on the indies before wwe i used to do a lot of hardcore stuff i used to do thumbtacks and glass and death matches and all sorts of stuff and hopefully none of that ever resurfaces because it probably is terrible um but like this was my spot that I used to do all the time, the chair spot. And I think people forgot that that I used to do it. So plus, I don't think anyone's really done stuff like this in a while. But so I go and I pitch this idea to the promoter and he's like, I'm, I'm sorry, you want to do what? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And this almost made it to uh, WWE, by the way, for uh, the street fight with. <laughs> Me and Shotzi versus Candice and Indy. It just they couldn't wow. find enough chairs. That's what that's what they couldn't find twenty chairs to kill over. That's I basically don't know what. about that. Uh, like there's just chairs everywhere in WWE. I, yeah, but they're the nice ones with mm. the cushion and the logo. You can't you can't do that. Mm. No, but uh, they couldn't find enough chairs or whatever the issue was. That they said. Um, but yeah, so we do this. It goes really well. The crowd goes crazy. It goes viral. And it was just like one of those moments where I was just like, ha, I finally did it after seven years. I have accomplished the impossible again. You know, like, I don't know. And like, I was I was kind of amazed that people forgot that I used to do this all the time. I think. I don't know. It's weird. Well, the, I think the thing is, you did it before as Athena, then the world got to know you as Ember, and now you're back as Athena, where there's a still, you know, there's a lot of people who didn't know you before WWE. Yeah, and, it, and it's weird because they're the ones that I feel like are like, that are like, why would you do this? Why? Why would you do this to yourself? And I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. See, I'm, I'm so is fine. It a, like, and this might sound like a dumb question, but is it a relatively safe spot? Mm-hmm. So 
the reason why you have to have the 21 chairs uh so the way you the way you build this up is you have 10 chairs on the bottom you have two chairs flat right here and then you put the four on top so you kind of make a chair pyramid right and the only thing you're landing on are the seats of the chairs (laughs) pretty much so as long as your base is stable you'll hit and then everything should collapse right but you're landing on essentially I i feel like i'm giving away the trick to this and I, and I feel bad, but I'm tired of the backlash from it. So <laughs> essentially you're landing on the apron. That's it because it's as tall as the apron. Right. So everyone always says, oh, it's super dangerous. It's super unsafe. It's crazy. And I'm like, no, no. It looks great. Yeah, it looks crazy. It yeah. is crazy, but I'm not landing on concrete. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and, and I think like something to be noted is that there was a death match, I think three matches before us. You know, where they're going through glass and barbed wire and all of this stuff. And I'm like, but y'all didn't say nothing about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I did a crazy chair thing and I don't know. It's it's weird. I'm well, just be- happy. It, look, it's because it's you. You know that. Well, yeah, but you it's know. because people <laughs> think they know you from being Ember for all those years. I, I think on some level, like. I remember there were times where they were like, oh, girls, don't fall over. And I'm sitting here like. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it was such a fight to do the uh, eclipse off the ladder. That that was a fight mm. that because I tried to do it the first year at Money in the Bank. They were like, this is just too unsafe. You're going to hurt yourself. And I thought I've done this seven times on the Indies with less safety measures, <laughs> you know, and it's and it's like I'm, I'm good. And I remember like the next year there was like some stuff that happened where like they were like, girls, don't fall down and hurt yourselves. And I was like, who are you talking like? I, it's just oh. I was like, yeah. I've done dumber stuff. Like, and I feel like because WWE is so careful and like, mind you, they don't want us to get hurt. Yeah. But I think on some level, they have to remember that some of us have done the dumb stuff that got us hurt. We've learned from that. And then we basically made it safer. If that makes sense. But like, I remember the eclipse off the ladder that second year, they were like, doors were about to open. There was a minute left. And Vince was like, she can't do it unless I see it first she can't do it unless i see it first i was like natty natty has like one eyelash on she's like running from makeup to do it and like we do it one time and he's like okay they're fine and i was like come on yeah i don't don't know it's sometimes too much safety i feel like well again it's probably looking out for your best interest yes always looking out for our best interest but i feel like when it comes to the men they never do that well, I mean, they have banned pile drivers, I think, for safety reasons. Well, yes, they, they've they've like pile drivers are one of those like crazy things that, you know, even on the Indies, they're a bit rough. And I've seen a lot of my friends get hurt by them. So it's just kind of like, if yeah, I know you, I'll do it. If not, no. But like pile drivers are one thing doing crazy spots jumping off of stuff it's not something the women get to do very often yeah or like rarely so like for me to be able to jump off that ladder and do the eclipse at the time the o face now but like 
it, it was one of those things that like, I was like, oh my God, are they going to veto this again? Mm-hmm. Like, are they going to veto this again? Kevin, Kevin jumped off the fucking Tron like two weeks ago, but I can't jump off a ladder in a ladder bench, <laughs> you know, like, it, and it's so weird. Like the things that like the guys can do and they're like, oh yeah, it's mm-hmm. Kofi. Let him, let him do it. He'll figure it, you know? And then the girls are like, okay, ladies, we have to have rehearsal for this. So you guys don't mm-hmm. get hurt. And I'm like, i don't know sometimes sometimes it's just such a double standard and it feels like when you're home with mom or i i grew up with a brother so my brother got to go out and do everything but if i go out i have to have a five o'clock check-in a 6 p.m check-in i have to be home before the street lights are on he's out till 1 a.m but i'm like what is that i'm older than him what what is that you know and that's kind of how it feels at times Mm, or it did when I was up on Ron SmackDown and NXT was different because Hunter's like, yeah, ladies, you want to, you want to do that? Go and do it. Go have fun. Just don't get hurt. But he trusted us to do it. Like that was, that was the yeah, best yeah, part sure. about like Hunter's NXT or NXT 1.0, whatever you want to call it. Is that like, we had not only the coaching staff behind us that was pushing us to do more and pushing us to push those limits past like our gender we just had so much support from every avenue to do what we wanted to do and i felt like as soon as hunter's presence was gone they were like all right ladies you got three minutes your time's gonna get cut baby so go as fast as you can i was like (laughs) like there's sometimes you just laugh because at that point in time, I remember saying, hey, guys, uh, because I've been on Raw, I've been on SmackDown and NXT 2.0, which is basically Raw and SmackDown, but with a whole bunch of people that were being thrust on TV that were learning as they go, yeah. you know, it, which isn't a bad thing because a lot of people have just like just skyrocketed into stardom because of that. Well, it's sink or swim, right? Like some basically. people have skyrocketed and some people I feel like were exposed because they were on TV and they weren't ready. Yeah. And I think you're going to see a lot of that still because... They gotta, they gotta figure out who's gonna work and who isn't gonna work and who can adjust on the fly. And that's part yeah. of what Ron SmackDown is. If you can't change a finish of a match through headset uh, five minutes into a match, we don't need you here. Which has happened to me. Which has happened to me. And that was the worst thing ever on oh, TV is having to switch. I a can't match. even imagine like you're you're selling something and the referee's like telling you a new finish now. <laughs> that that's happened and i remember going that's that's the most panicked i had ever been in a match i think and are you like are you sure yes i'm sure but are you really sure so the finish it changed so many times before we got in the match and then when we got in the match the finish changed again and then they wanted aftermath with me and someone i'm I'm not going to say the situation because i feel like everyone will figure it out once that happens um but it was just like what what huh fuck i guess fuck i guess so all right come on uh the, and and you're trying to adjust to get there and the match turned out great thank goodness thank goodness or else we would have been in catering uh <laughs> seeing a, a theme here with all this said in the story about the 20 chair superplex is wrestling now fun again for you yeah absolutely i feel like for so long i've just craved creativity without a filter if that makes sense and sense. i'm getting that not but not only getting to do that getting the support 
of not only the backstage hands that help out with stuff, the companies that are putting on these matches, but the fan base again. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm getting the support of the people that I thrive in front of with, you know, and like it's it's weird because like I find myself Athena was always the bad guy, the heel, and like Ember was the baby face, which is so weird and flip-flopped on some level. Um, but like it's hard for me to be the bad guy because the admiration is there the the support is there and there's nothing better than knowing that everything you did caused someone to elicit a response the way you wanted them to you know and i feel like indie fans are just far more appreciative and understanding as far as like understanding like when you go through 21 chairs how crazy that is right not to mention i had to hop on a red eye and go halfway across the world from portland to iowa to wrestle uh swerve uh shane strickland the next night (laughs) you know so like i do stuff because i know it's safe for me and the other person but knowing that i did have to go and wrestle in another main event marquee match the next night yeah I've, i feel like people underestimated like hey mama can still go and i can give you everything you wanted and so much more and then do it the next night too i'm gonna sleep for like five days after that though. <laughs> but like <laughs> but like i've just been having fun and i think that's yeah. what wrestling is it's supposed to be fun and entertaining for everyone to enjoy and i think sometimes in the chaos to make money and be fighting for a spotlight which i feel like you genuinely shouldn't have to do unless it's showcasing your ability within a match because a lot of it just happens backstage that like wrestling just needs to be fun for everyone and all parties involved and i'm having a blast i am loving life i am loving married life being able to talk to my fan base more often on twitch and i genuinely feel like wherever or whenever or whatever happens in the future for me hopefully it'll be on a tv uh show soon hopefully it'll be in front of an indie crowd soon like i i genuinely don't know but wherever my path takes me i just know that i'm happy again and i'm motivated again to be better in the ring and out of the ring i love that so much but if you if there was a point in time when you wanted to leave wrestling is that still in you right now do you think like two three five years from now that I don't I don't know anymore because on some level I genuinely feel like I still have something to prove right and because I I think a lot of the comments that have been made since the mass releases have happened again has driven me to that because there are people that never got the opportunities that I did like I won titles I got to travel around the world I got to wrestle in front of you know the european audience german italy like i've I've been and done everything that i could possibly do in wwe yeah are there people i want to wrestle absolutely were there goals i still wanted to accomplish absolutely but if i look at my childhood and say hey i got to wrestle in wwe i got to wrestle some of the best talent in the entire world i got to win championships i got to hang out with my friends i got to i got to do a lot of things where is like i'm looking at some of these people that have kind of had similar paths to me not the same but that didn't get the same opportunities as me and i and i try and i and i say this a lot i try not to bitch and moan because it could be worse 
I, I could have gotten there and then been released two weeks later. I could have gotten there and only had one TV match then been gone. Right. Like mm-hmm. that could have been me. So like, I, I find it hard to complain a lot of the times about the stuff because when I look back at the checklist I had as a kid, it was be a WWE wrestler, win a title, make friends, travel the world on someone else's dime. And, and you know, it's, it's so funny that you say that. And then we look around you at all the things that you're passionate about in the room that is hung up <laughs> on the wall. I don't see wrestling titles. I don't see wrestling action figures. That, that, that's my husband. Well, there's your, <laughs> well, that's your husband. No, but like this, but yeah, I just game. find that really interesting. And this happens so, a lot where like, you're passionate about wrestling. You want to be a wrestler. You love it. And then you get into it and you go, yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's my job. These are the things I'm passionate about now. So these are, this is my office. This is one room of many fandoms in the house. So we have a Harry Potter guest bedroom. (laughs) How many rooms are in this house? A lot, a lot. (laughs) Thank you, WWE. (laughs) I love, yes. Um, um, (laughs) Yes. So like, like, like I said, because of WWE, like I was able to, we actually purchased the house for the first time and it's massive. And my husband is telling me it's everything's bigger in Texas. It it is. And it's so much cheaper here. Um, Except I'm sorry. Whataburger. Not for me. It's, it's okay. You're not the first person to say that in and out far superior. Sorry, everyone. Well, like in and out is in and out like whataburger is whataburger i don't think they're the same caliber of fast food but i do love whataburger so like but i understand because most people from are you from california i live in california i'm from canada okay so i have friends from canada and california that do not like whataburger and it's it's those specific two Mm, and there you go so mm, mm. But like I have but a you D&D live in a house with uh, 19 bedrooms from the sounds of it. Sure. Sure. 19, give or take, maybe a lot less. But <laughs> I have a Harry Potter room. I have a bedroom of villains. I have a Dungeons and Dragons board game room. But my gym uh, slash bar area that we're going to make into a smoothie bar uh, is the wrestling room. Right. And a so gym all- and a bar together. My yes. goodness, it, you it was are a living bar. life. It was a bar, and then we were just like, we don't drink that much. So we made it a gym, and we're going to put a smoothie machine in there. But that is kind of where all the wrestling memorabilia goes. Okay. You know, so I so I do take pride in everything that I've accomplished. Yeah, of course. And I think that that's important on some level to say, like, because I feel like sometimes I don't want this to come off as me being negative toward WWE. It's just that when... How do I want to phrase this? When someone says that you are considered dead weight and you have given everything that you possibly could to make everything work, at some point in time, that person has to realize maybe you just under underutilized or didn't know how to use the people that were in your employ. Yeah. Right. And like I said, I'm not throwing shade. I'm not being negative about it. I'm trying not to because I'm genuinely happy. I think more than anything, I was just so angry about the way things transpired that like it led me to leave. And it's and it's funny because like I consistently have to say, no, nope, we parted ways. It was mutual. No, nope, we parted ways. It was mutual. Nope, it was very mutual. You know, <laughs> like, oh, you got fired. Yep. Uh, sure. Let's go with that. That's easier because I'm tired of explaining myself. But hopefully this comes out. And I, I hope it looks at me back in a positive light. Right. That I was just like, I tried everything. I really did. And I was just fed up. You know, there's only so much you can do. Well, now, you know, 
now the power is in your hands. So I'm yes. so excited to see what's next for you. Um, hopefully Dungeons and Dragons. Hopefully more video <laughs> games. Well, well, like currently, um, I'm working on trying to get a Dungeons and Dragons show up and running. Um, so that will be fun because that is my jam. I play like four or five games a week at this point in time with different people. And it's just an avenue for me to branch out and just enjoy being around different types of people and role-playing and puzzle solving and that type of thing. Um, I'm trying to branch out into acting and voiceover, which I've had a couple of auditions that went well. Um, trying to branch out more into video game and do mocap and stuff for that. Um, I just, dibble dabble and a little bit of everything dibble, I actually run. You've, got, you've got a lot of options in front of you <laughs> and i actually run a wrestling school too so like i do everything that makes me happy now and on some level i wouldn't have been able to do that or i wouldn't have had the confidence to do that without wwe like i i still think i'm supposed to be appearing on master chef junior at some point in time this season so I've, I've, I've gotten to do so many amazing things and like, yeah. I'm, I'm very appreciative and I'm very thankful, but I think wherever my next step is and wherever that takes me, I'm just ready to tackle it a thousand percent. And is it going to be wrestling? I hope so. If not, the sky's the limit at this point in time. Like I'm just being optimistic and taking it day by day. And I think that's the most important thing because yeah. we just don't know at this point in time where the next gig is coming from, where the next paycheck is coming from, yeah. where my next match is going to be. And like day by day. Just, yeah. Day by yeah. day. <laughs> so I, I end every conversation with the same question. I think you'll enjoy yes. this. I, I love gratitude and I wake up every day. I say out loud three things that I'm grateful for. So I end every interview with this. So what are three things in your life that you're grateful for right now? Uh, my husband, my cats, and just my optimism and positivity so there we go thank you so much <laughs> what a great conversation thank you for your honesty about everything too thank you no it's sometimes it's really hard for me to just kind of break the shell a little bit and i feel like it's kind of been long enough and i'm just ready to move on and move past it and like there's no hard feelings either way it goes like so yeah, yeah. <laughs> So there we go. It's funny because when we started this interview, I told her it would be like 40, 45 minutes. And as you can see from the runtime, it was quite a bit longer than that. I love hearing her story, the ups, the downs, everything in between. And I can't wait to see what's next for her. Until then, though, until we see her on TV next, I'm guessing it's going to be a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. Please snap a screenshot. Let us know that you're listening. Let us know what you thought of this. Tag us on social media so we can share it. She's at Athena Palmer underscore FG. I'm at Chris Van Vliet, and I'll leave you with this quote from Eric Thomas. I love this. Stop looking for permission to pursue your dreams. They are your dreams, and you don't need a cosigner to chase them. Mm. Be great. Be grateful. We'll see you on the next one for some more insight. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.